Hey, what's up guys? Before we get started, I want to make one thing clear that on this episode, you will hear us reference our guardian capstone is for the Wolf Den. Now, since the time of our recording, there have been some changes and the Wolf Den has become a separate project and what formerly was the Wolf Den is now the Guardian Academy. So if you feel aligned with the principles and frameworks we discuss on our capstone, then we encourage you to learn more about the Guardian Academy by visiting their website at www.guardianacademy.io. And as always, we are not financial experts and nothing we mention in this content should be taken as financial advice. Thanks for tuning in and let's jump into the episode. This is Wolfish on Web3. Your guide through the new world of blockchain, crypto, DeFi, NFTs, and knowing yourself as your greatest asset. Now that's Wolfish. With your hosts, Dwayne Moffat and Jake Anderson. Dwayne, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Jake? I'm excited about this, man. This is uh, kind of a big step for us. This capstone. So, you know, Wolf Den, we joined, what, December? So that's like eight, nine months ago. Been a heck of a journey since then. It's funny because I remember when we joined um, the Wolf Den. Yeah, it was December 2021. And we were Wolf Pups. (laughs) And around that time, it seemed like getting to Guardian seemed like it was such a far... Or, or just such a long shot for us because there's so many other tiers you have to climb up and it's a, it's the premium tier. So mm-hmm. to get there just seemed like such a big accomplishment. And, and here we are, we're, we're at the, we're at the finish line or about to cross the threshold. And, and, um, and this is, this is actually something new that they're doing, which I love because it's a way for, you know, whole, you know, people who are part of the Wolfden community to revisit the things that they've, they've learned and the operating system that you've developed through this time frame, um, from, you know, an investor frame for operating and how you, how you behave as an investor and all the things that they teach you, because as you ascend up to that guardian level, it's really important that you, that you have that nailed down for yourself. So, um, I'm glad that yeah, they're that doing was, this. Oh yeah, man. Like the, the fundamentals, the principles, like everything that we've learned over this last eight months of, you know, diving in and just following the content and, you know, following Nick and all his stuff, but even just uh, watching the community members grow too. Like yeah. we've seen some members, you know, come in new and, and just the way it, it always impresses me, just the way the language changes mm-hmm. from the way people communicate from the start to like a few months in after like listening and absorbing and, and implementing, like all of a sudden people's language starts to change and the conversations change and, and moving up the tiers. I noticed that as well. Like you from wolf pop up into alpha wolf and then, you know, now into guardian, it's just, it's, it's a journey. Yeah. The, so to give a little bit of, uh, I guess, context as to why you and I are doing this capstone project together, because this is the thing, like when Doc Kev, you know, gave us the, the, um, assignment to do this project, he said, you know, do it how you want. Like if you want to write it, if you want to record a video, make it your own. And, and Dwayne had asked me, he's like, why don't we do a podcast for it? And I thought, you yep. know what, that's, that's pretty cool. Cause this is really the direction we're taking things anyway with, with our, um, just with what we're doing in, in, in the, in the market and in business and how we're growing and developing podcasting is something which is actually where we met because we met through the yep. podcasting space and, uh, you got me into the Wolf Den. 
back in December because I remember I was asking you about uh, how your podcast was going and then that transferred over into talking about Wolf then the next thing you know there was a farm set up and <laughs> becoming Wolf up and here we are doing this capstone project so I thought it made it really made sense to me for us to make this a collaborative effort because from the very beginning, it's been a collaborative effort and, oh, for and sure. growing, you know, we used to get on call, we get on calls every week. We pretty much speak every day. So, um, I hope that this is, you know, the, the goal and especially with this particular podcast that we're doing, um, is to always find ways to be useful to anybody that's paying attention to what we're doing. If somebody wants to listen yeah. to this, hopefully it's useful and, and you get some new perspective out of it, seeing it done collaboratively. This, you know, this podcast, it's, it's us playing our game, right? This is uh this is where we function best. Yep. And so why not? Well, cool, man. Like let's, uh, I think we should dive into this and get into let's the capstone. It. So I'll just kind of tee it up. So for anybody listening, essentially the way I look at this project, it's a, it's a reflection on the overarching things that, um, we have taken away from the wolf den. There's so many, there's so many things that we've taken away, but this is kind of like the big picture. So it's going to be broken up into a couple categories. The first one is what is your biggest takeaway from the wolf den? So we're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about our, our bumpers and bumpers. There's actually a book that Nick Peterson wrote called bumpers and, and it's, it's a really, what's great about the book. It's a quick read. It's like 36 pages. And when I went through this particular exercise, I actually picked up the book and read through it section by section. I'd stop, go and do some work. And then, and then I, w- I would go through the actual exercise. So you, you want to get your bumpers put in place. And we'll talk about that a little bit as we go through our capstone. Uh, the solvable problem. What's your solvable problem? You got to clearly articulate what is your solvable problem and then also your macro beliefs. And then the last thing, which the way that I plan on, you know, the, the fifth point is evidence of action that's been taken or how you've like put this all into application into your life. So for me, um, the way I'm going to do this and Dwayne, you know, we're kind of free flowing here. We don't have like a huge, like a itinerary on how we're doing this. We're just kind of, you know, going at our, at our own pace and making it organic. But, uh, when I, when I was going through this exercise, I was finding myself kind of like seeing examples of where I was applying this to my life through each point. So I won't personally have anything specific to talk about on number five. It'll be embedded with how I'm explaining things for the first four points. So I just want to make that clear. Um, so that's Perfect. the, that's the capstone. Dwayne, you got anything you feel like I missed? On no, the explanation? no, I think so. Like I, once we get into this conversation, I think it'll uh, all come together and make sense because the there's, there's so much and it all um, like Nick talks about it all the time about synergies and how everything works together. And, mm-hmm. and all these points as, as you build on one, it seems to work on the other and just carries on throughout the whole theme of the Wolfden. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, let's start off with our biggest takeaway. Boy, wasn't this one challenging <laughs> thinking about <laughs> eight months. I don't know how many hundreds of hours we probably spent in Wolfden and listening to Nick's videos and learning things. And it's like, gosh, where do you even start? Um, Dwayne, you want to start off, start us off. What was your, what's been your biggest takeaway from the Wolfden? Like you said, there's, there's so many and, you know, at the start, so we, we joined Wolf Den in December 3rd. We got in there, started out, set up our farms. Then Nick came out with Nixmas in uh, right around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. 
And right after Nick Smith's, that was a, a huge turning point for us, I think, because we both pretty much put everything we were doing like <laughs> on the side as far as like, you know, our our uh, our side hustles or whatever, you know, like we, we put those on hold, basically, like we we shut down everything and just and opened a loop for yeah. like six, seven months. Mm-hmm. So like my biggest takeaway was just sitting in that uncertainty like we always talk about you know the un, the misery of an oh what is that the, the, the misery of uncertainty mis- yeah misery yeah. of uncertainty yeah yeah and uh and sitting in those open loops for the last six months has been huge like yeah um that's that's been my biggest takeaway because it was a it was a life changer that moment it really is, was you know yeah. just we shut everything or uh, I shut everything down my podcast and, mm-hmm. and just went back to the basics and just sat with like uncomfortable open loops for months <laughs> yeah. and just trying to gain clarity on what was, what was happening, what was going on, where I was being an a-hole, you know, mm-hmm. like Dala. <laughs> and I, and I seen so many places where I wasn't like in alignment with my personal and economic beliefs. Right. Like that was, that was huge. It, it took, it took six, seven months to, to kind of realign. (laughs) Yeah. I did the same thing. I shut down my podcast. I put everything back on the shelf, sat with that discomfort for how, you know, you know, half a year. And, um, and now we're kind of like inching back into it. So that, that was, that was also a huge change for me as well. My, my answer is a little bit more tactical and it's like so many things. And what you just said is also a massive takeaway for me. And it's something that both of you, you and I actually experienced together because we pretty much yeah. did the same thing as far as creating that open loop and sitting with it. And, and it's funny because Dwayne would, would get messages from me with like the next idea. He, he could <laughs> probably see like me squirming in discomfort because <laughs> I wanted to try to close a loop somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but you know, Nick had said something about, how and I don't quote me here, but it was something along the lines about how restraint and patience can be so underrated. And if you can learn how to practice restraint and patience, it, it can really change your life. And and I think you really highlighted that well with, mm-hmm. with your big takeaway. Mine, mine was a little bit more tactical. When I was thinking about it, there are certain principles that we've learned that I have find I have found myself executing on just through, just through, it's, it's, it's interesting because you learn this stuff and then you'll start becoming more aware of things around you in situations when you, when you're faced with a decision and you're like, Oh, you know, is this actually informing my solvable problem? Is this, you know, so that like, is this playing my game? And in those decisions start to get influenced or you start, you're able to inform behavior using these principles. So that for me was my biggest takeaway. And I actually wrote out, and this is the first time I've done this and it's something I'm still kind of playing around with, but I kind of look at it as like a filtering process for, for decisions for, for myself in terms of how I'm kind of pulling together these principles. This is the way it goes. And it's not that any one is more important than the other. It's just, I run it through these filters simultaneously. And if it gives me an answer, then I go to the last step, which is execute. And I'll talk about that here in a second, but there's essentially three filters. So if I'm a face with a decision, I use these three filters that helps me stay in alignment with getting closer to the things I want. Cause that's what we're really all about here in the wolf den is like trying to get closer to the things you want. So the first one is 
is this decision or is, what is, is this thing going to, um, how is it an informing behavior that aligns with my solvable problem? So always we'll go back to my solvable problem and we'll talk about this here in a minute because it's part of the capstone, but I'll look and say, does this get me closer to my solvable problem or is it actually pushing me further away? So that's the, that's the first filter. The second filter is, is this me? Am I actually playing my game here? And this is something that I don't know. I don't, maybe it was just the way that Nick explained it, but I looking back in my past, especially in the past three years, when I was going through this transition with my business and exiting this company, I realized how much I wasn't playing my game and how that was leading to so many disasters in my professional life and things not working out was because, and I look back as like, it all went back to just me not playing my game. So this yeah. is huge. This is a huge filter that you can easily overlook if you're not careful. So you got to make sure, am I playing my game? And you need to have some honest conversations with yourself as to what that game actually is. And, and it, it's a discovery process. So I'm still learning really what my game is, but that's definitely a filter that has to have some awareness and consciousness around. The third filter is, um, can this be modeled or can this be executed where it creates a situation of the least risk, least effort in most options. And, uh, I thought, you know, when I would look at, there was, there was definitely a couple of situations that came to me. In fact, I'll, I'll give one example. Okay. This is like the number five application into the real, into, um, into your real life. So there was a particular individual who was asking me about, um, doing some kind of a partnership and uh, in the podcasting space, <laughs> And it required, you know, going um, to a conference it seemed like a really good opportunity and it probably could have been a really good opportunity. But when I was thinking about it, I wasn't at the time, I wasn't really sure if this was even my game. So I'm like, I'm not really playing my game. Maybe I am. But right now, I don't feel like I'm playing my game doing this. This is too quick of a decision. I'm not ready to exploit this quite yet. Um, is it informing my solvable problem? I really don't know. Like it, it's still like I wasn't ready to close the loop on that. But when I got to like least effort, least risk, most options, I'm like, OK, well, it's going to require flying down to a location for three days, <clears throat> spending time there, setting up a booth. I'm probably going to need to spend, you know, two to five thousand dollars. So now my downside is two to five thousand dollars plus whatever time. And this, and, and it's for something I'm not even sure if it's even something I want to do as far as options go, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think the options were fine, but the least risk and least effort, it felt like it was more effort and more risk than I was willing to take. And the old me would look at situations like that and be like, oh yeah, opportunity, shiny object, let's do it. <laughs> and I would just spend the money and do it and then kick myself later because I didn't actually put it through the correct filters. So yeah. once those filters once everything checks out with those filters, then the last step is execute. And I execute by micro stepping with case. So, so cases compile, analyze, strategize, and then execute. And it's all in that order, but I do it through a micro step. So it creates this feedback loop where you micro step, you compile the information, you analyze it, you create the strategy and you execute, and then you get feedback. And that feedback kind of like circles back around to the compile for the next step. So you keep getting this feedback loop and that's the form of execution that I'm adopting that that's all come from the wolf den and the filters that I just laid out all coming from the wolf den and um, how I'm, you know, 
applying this to my life. So yeah, I know that's like a loaded answer <laughs> for a big <laughs> takeaway and there's like four takeaways in there, but. Oh, that, that's perfect because like, yeah, in, in my little notes here, I take a look and there's like fun, the fundamentals and principles and I just like started jotting them all down. And there's so many that Nick has talked about yeah. that when you work through in real life, like through the steps, the case one is huge, compile, analyze, strategize, execute. That That's a, that's a huge one to, like you said, move you through the steps, make sure you're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, the big one for me was the MRV MED, like yeah. maximum coverable volume and the minimum effective dose. Um, I forget which video it was that, uh, really hit home for me, but it was, you know, he was talking about if you're, if you're doing something and it's not enough to change it, but it's more than you need to maintain it, then you're wasting energy. So yeah. like I did a, I did a big audit after that hit home and I was like, okay, well, where in the areas of my life am I putting in way more effort than is needed to maintain it, but way more th- or, but not enough to mm-hmm. change. And, and, uh, and then just took everything back to the minimum. Like, okay, if I didn't have that in a priority where I wanted to put in the full effort to change it, then yeah. I just put it on the minimum, like just maintain it and and keep it rolling along and then moved all that extra time and effort that i that i found <laughs> and 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 put it into like okay what do what do i want to change what is it that i'm wanting to change okay mm-hmm. now i have this extra time and effort let's put it all on this get that to the next step so that was that was a big one for me yeah the buy it's the bimodal strategy for resource allocation and um and, it, and so it's like maximum recoverable volume, volume minimum effective dose and that's the i think the uh uh medical use of it and there's like different yeah. domains there's like uh, i think there's explore exploration and exploitation that's something you see in tech so there's all these different domains that it can be applied to but like you said essentially you're you'll find yourself in a situation where I think this is how Nick said it. It was something along the lines of um, we we all tend to kind of like try to go as hard as we can at everything. And then you end up blowing yourself up because it's not sustainable. Well, yeah, that's the max recoverable volume, right? When you blow yourself up, okay, you just hit your max. (laughs) Or everything ends up kind of going to the middle, you know, and it's like you're not really moving the needle on anything. So it's, yeah, that's a really, I'm glad you brought that up. And it was something I actually had thought about a little bit as my, my big takeaway, because there has been a lot of, um, application to that. I know that for us specifically, you know, there's, there's definitely been lots of conversations that we've had with ideas on where we can go with things. We're like, you know, you can tell that that strategy is being, you know, executed within this particular principle, keeping yeah. it, keeping the MED and MRV in mind and how, how you're allocating those resources. Uh, so it's easy to waste resources and do things <laughs> you don't need to do when, and neglecting other things you should be doing. Let's move on to bumpers. Dwayne, how would you describe bumpers? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> keeps you out of the gutter right <laughs> yeah, like, yeah stops you from blowing yourself up <laughs> um you know there's there's so so many things like like in my notes I've, I've put your name down as one of my bumpers you know like we we talk so often mm-hmm. and um and that's been a, a key thing for me is is having kind of that accountability piece you know we know all these things we just talked about all the pr- fundamentals and principles but 
when you're moving outside your game <laughs> or you're, or you're, you know, you've compiled and analyzed, but maybe not correctly and you're about to do something, maybe that will blow yourself up. Mm-hmm. You got to create those bumpers to bring you back in. Right. One of the questions, uh, and, and real quick, actually, before I go on to this next piece about bumpers, um, one of the things in the book bumpers that, uh, Nick asked you to do is, is this from now on, I refuse to, and hmm. you list out things that you refuse to do. Uh, one of the things I put, it, cause you could also say things like, these are the things that I will always do you know, as far as like how you word it. But one of the things I put in here is, is part of my non-negotiables is I refuse to collaborate with toxic energy. And, um, but at, at the same time, I also lean into healthy energy and, and I kind of look at what you said, Dwayne, as far as like me being your, one of your bumpers, it's, a, it's, it's the same context as in that, there's positive energy here. And if I need to make a decision or if I'm trying to move the ball down the field, I'm going to lean into the positive energy that keeps me in alignment. So yeah, I, I, you know, I'm going to call you, I'm going to call, I'm going to go to the people who are willing to hold up the mirror in front of me and give me that hard look or the people, you know, the people who know you best for who you are. Uh, I think that's really important. So how you collaborate with, with others and who you collaborate with. And it's not just other people too. One of the reasons I put that, that particular note in here as far as non-negotiable is because I would find myself often on social media going down hmm. toxic rabbit holes or like seeing something, you know how it is. It's like you see something that's kind of triggering and you start looking a little bit deeper and then you get like upset about it. It's like, well, this is just toxic energy. Why am I collab? I'm collaborating with toxic, toxic energy right now. And since I've put this into clo- into focus and make it and made it more of a non-negotiable, anytime I catch myself doing that, I remember, nope, this is my bumper. This is going to put me in the gutter right now. It's yeah. going to derail my, my, my mental health. And I'm not going to be focusing on what really matters. This does not matter. This is toxic energy. Move away from it. Move towards yep. positive. So now the next question I want to ask you, Dwayne, this is something from the book that Nick puts in here is, I know I'm successful when, and then you <laughs> fill in the blank. So let me ask you, and, and I'm not sure if you've, you've, you've done this and uh, might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but I'm going to ask you, I know my, I know I'm, what, what would be your answer to this? I know I'm successful when. Well, throughout, um, especially this last year has been a lot of work like on myself or whatever. And, and so a good practice was uh, my perfect day, you know, yeah. like writing out your perfect day. And, and so there's a few things that, like people, when you say I'm successful, when a lot of people go straight to the financial aspect of it, yeah. right? Like yeah. I'm successful when I hit 10 grand a month or whatever mm-hmm. it is, whatever that number is. But there's, there's so many more things like you go back to your solvable problem. Basically <laughs> I'm success, successful when I reach these things in my solvable problem, which my solvable problem goes back to like wife and kids, right? Spending, spending more time with them, getting away from the job a little bit you know, making, making them a priority. So am I successful at the end of the day when I've spent the, spent the time with the wife and kids and, and done the things, you know, that I want to do. (laughs) I go back to like the choose to, or get to right? (laughs) like the have to, or the get to, I have to go to work. Oh no, I get to go to work so I can, you know, take the time off on the weekend to spend time with my kids or whatever. So 
you know, I'm successful when I get to do more things and not have to do more things. Mm. So my answer, and it's very similar to yours, just, it's just different language, right? Is I wake up excited and happy about the day. Like if every day I can just wake up excited and happy about the day, that's when I know I'm successful. Um, and what kind of brought me to that answer is, and it's a lot of like what you're talking about. It's like, if I get, I get to do these things, I don't have to do these things. I get to do these things. Mm -hmm. And whether it be, you know, in work career, things that you have to do around the house, like I'm just, I'm very grateful. I find a lot of gratitude in, in the privileges that we have in terms of having the, like, I'll look around, like I'll, I'll walk down the street sometimes and I'll look at a business and I'll think, I'm so happy that somebody took the risk to build that. Like I'll use like Lumos internet in our area. And I'm like, thank you for building that because now I have the ability to do these zoom calls and create these recordings and collaborate with people online because somebody took the effort to build that infrastructure and took the risk. I now have the privilege to be able to use that. So I just, I I practice a lot more gratitude these days about things that's just easy to kind of overlook because we're just so accustomed to them on our normal day to day, really positioning things in my life to where if I can make as many days as possible, exciting and happy to wake up and be something to look forward to. That's what I know I'm successful. And this actually really influenced my solvable problem when I thought through this and we'll get into this in a minute, but you know, like when you put together your solvable problem or you're thinking about, excuse me, you're thinking about like the future in terms of money. And, and it's, it's like, Oh, I want to retire. I used to be like, Oh, I want to retire in 10 years because I don't want to have to work anymore. It's like, well, is it, I was saying, I was like, do I really hate work that much? Actually, I actually <laughs> like, I actually like working. I actually like being productive. And, you know, if there's a exchange of money involved, then that's fine. And usually it ends up being that that's the case in some situations, some situations not, but like, I don't have this like big beef with working and that doesn't make me, in fact, like, so that like really extended my time frame out like quite a bit in yeah. terms of like that solvable problem when I, when I actually came to terms with that. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. I know, I know I'm successful when I wake up excited and happy about the upcoming day, whatever that means, you know, for that yeah. day. So that, that was my answer. We got to give a shout out for the bumpers book, man. Like it, uh, take your time, read through it, stop, <laughs> yeah. do, do the exercises. That's when you get the value out of that. It's, it's, it's awesome. It is. And it's, it's a really quick read too. That's something that I really yeah. like about it is that it's not like, it's a, it's a low commitment. It's least effort. Yeah. <laughs> it's the least effort, but it gives you options, you know, and it gives yeah. you options on how you can keep yourself in alignment. Um, so highly recommend it. We'll link that book up into our show notes yeah. here. So if somebody wants to go and, and buy it, which I recommend you do, um, then it'll take you to Amazon for you to, to purchase that book. Uh, did you have any non-negotiables or anything else on bumpers? I got a few that I'll, I'm going to cover, but I'm just curious if you have anything else that you want to cover on your bumpers. <laughs> well, yeah, non-negotiables. That, that That's a tough one because, um, yeah, just like you said, the toxic people, that one's, that one's been a huge one. Um, last year when we were in the internet marketing space, there was a lot of that, you know, yeah, the charlatans. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And so that, that one's, that one's been a big one. Mine kind of goes back to, to work 
again, like I'm an electrician own a company, like, and it, and it can absorb my time. Like, all of a sudden put me on the road away from the wife and kids. And and they've been of a huge priority over the last couple of years. So that's, yeah. that's basically my non-negotiable. Like if, if it takes me away too much from them, I got to bring myself back or just say no. Right. Yeah, for sure. When, when you have a family and you have children, it, it, it should be a top priority. I think your children yeah. and, and your, and your family should be a top priority. And if it's not, perhaps you need to reevaluate some things and, <laughs> and maybe, you know, do some soul searching a little bit, but you know, some of the non-negotiables and, and actually number two, I think really go plays into just recent events, especially as we got into the crypto space is um, I refuse to make decisions while in a state of euphor- euphoria or fear. If, 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 if I am, um, and I think this is a way, a really good bumper to kind of keep me out of the gutter here because we both have experienced this, this state of like FOMOing into stuff or, um, or, you know, especially the euphoria when things are, I mean, there's so many like tokens that I've, or cryptocurrencies that I've invested in where I was in some serious profit. And even like, I'm talking about ones that I just did not give a crap about the project. It was more of a trade and was up within like a day or two, thousands of dollars. And I'm still sitting here holding, not taking profits. I'm like, why? And it's because there was this euphoria and then there was fear. Like, well, I don't want to sell because I really, maybe this will take off. Maybe this will, you know, greed <laughs> starts kind of creeping into the equation and it's like, okay, like you need to recognize when you're in that state of, um, kind of like drunk thinking, you know, be in the state of sobriety when you're making decisions and, and be very objective about it and really always go back to the solvable problem and think like right now, like I could collapse some time here and get me closer to what I want. So making those decisions, um, you know, or keeping yourself like in a grounded state when making those decisions is really important. The third one, which was already talked about when I was talking about biggest takeaway is I refuse to play someone else's game. Not yeah. going to do that anymore. I've already talked about it. I won't go any deeper. Fourth one is being present with my obligations. <laughs> and this kind of goes back to also like family. And, uh, and this one can be, this one can be really tough because it's easy to get distracted, especially in the online space where you got notifications pinging you every five seconds. But if I'm sitting down for dinner, I'm not like searching on my phone at the same time. If I'm having a conversation with you and having this podcast, I'm not also like looking at some website or discord at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I try, I always, you know, I refuse to, um, I didn't know how to put it like as far as the, the opposite, but basically I, I stay present with my obligations and I think presence is, um, we can even have a podcast specifically on the importance of presence. Oh, I think we um, should. Yeah. You know, they, and really talk about that, but presence is really important when it comes to, you know, keeping yourself grounded and, and objective and in a state of sobriety. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, let's see here. I'm looking at the bumpers notes that I have. <laughs> Did you go through the perfect day? Did you do that? Oh, I've, I went through the perfect day a few times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, in a few different, like, uh, yeah. in a t- few different groups I've my, and in, you know what? It's changed every time, every time I do it, it changes mm-hmm. and it just keeps on getting modified or whatever, but it gives you, not goalposts, but it gives you that vision, right. To, to work towards. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a good, it's a good exercise. I've been through a few times too. This, the recent one I did was 
well, it was like the perfect day. And then you create like, what's the new, like non-negotiables in your day that you're going to put in. And, uh, we'll say, I'll save that part for the end because I want to talk about like what we like took from this whole exercise. And there was something big cause it was a big look in the mirror and I'm like, Oh shit, I am yeah. not, I am not doing things. <laughs> this is not a healthy schedule here. Like there's some, yeah, there's some I things we need to clean I remember up. talking to you after you went through uh, well, while we got the capstone from doc Kev there. And then the next day you called me and you're like, I just went through the bumpers <laughs> and I, and I got some takeaways. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was, that was a pretty funny day. Got some work to do. That's for sure. <laughs> got yeah. some work to do. Yeah. All right, man. Macro belief. This one was tough for me. The macro belief. Yeah, kind of it. Well, we'll go back to when you, when we talked after you did it. Um, I actually gained a lot of clarity after talking with you about my macro belief and it was, and it was something that you said and it was, was like, I think we were just going back and forth about our macro beliefs and trying to figure that out. And, and the one thing you said, like myself, I'm, I'm my macro belief, you know? Mm, And and that, that was a, that was a big one for me. I was like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, I am my macro belief. (laughs) Yeah. That was a big one financially. And like taught referring to the wolf den, you know, you, you can't beat guard. (laughs) Yeah. And well, and it, absolutely. I mean, and the thing that I was really like in the macro belief, this is why it was really challenging for me is um, I didn't want to just say guard because this is for Wolfden. And, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, well, my macro belief is guard. I really wanted to give it the time to actually think about why really why is guard my macro belief? Mm-hmm. I, it needs to be something like I need to have a pretty damn good answer to this. And, and, it, and it has to be more than because wolf den and fuck yeah it's the wolf you know what i mean like i need it to be more more than that like there needs to be something more specific so i definitely made some notes and i really gave it the time to 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 discern it from through my lens and i actually have like and the other thing that made it challenging was like well i have strong belief in a lot of things um and i don't necessarily and when and even when i look at my solvable problem which we'll get into we'll get into after this one kind of probably going a little bit out of order here, but, um, but, but when I look at my solvable problem and I'll look, cause I, I actually have my solvable problem broken up into three different priorities and three different timeframes. Mm-hmm. And the, the one that's like, I, my, my third priority is like a 27 year time frame, and I only need like 13% APR, um, or, you know, to, to be on track to hit that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, there's other least risky things that I can do that aren't that are past the early adopter stage that I do believe in. And I want to, you know, I want to consider that as part of my macro belief. So the first one you said is spot on. It's I'm always going to invest in myself in yeah. some capacity and build my skills and and capabilities and just always, you know, have the confidence in myself to know that I'm able to, to execute. So yeah, I think you should have a macro belief in yourself. It's so important, man. Like you need to believe in yourself. I, but I didn't, I didn't Matt. like, you know, before, before December and joining the wolf den, it was, I don't believe I did have a macro belief in myself. Like I was, I was scrambling a little bit. Right. And, and not making choices towards that. Mm Mm-hmm. Since since then, after, you know, after these eight months, I truly believe 
in the, myself now. Yeah. <laughs> like my macro yeah. belief is myself now. I'm making choices for me. And, and then I have the confidence in getting myself to my solvable problem. However that may look and whatever comes up in the future, I know that I have some things in place that will move me closer to what I want. And just figuring all that out, getting the clarity and awareness around that, that was, that was huge, Matt. Huge, huge. 100%. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 same for me. I, I I had I had a period, um, especially before Wolf Den, where I was really questioning myself and yeah. like kind of feeling like a failure and not mm-hmm. being too happy with who I was. And um and Wolf Den really helped help me turn that around quite a yeah, bit. Great. Yeah. So yeah. But and you know, that was going back to the bumper section, you know, like that's one of the things that I put down was like the wolf den is one of my bumpers the proximity and the education continues to strengthen those bumpers you know (laughs) like watching watching people play within that within this space and um and just the continued learning and education and moving forward that's that's been a big one too Mm, absolutely so let's talk about guard for a second and yes. why we love it. <laughs> All right. I've got a few notes. I'll go through them. I'll kind of rapid fire on these notes. And yes, um, so, you know, there's fundamentals. There's some technicals. Uh, when you look at obviously when you look at how it's designed and the thing that's interesting about the crypto space is we we basically have this opportunity to create programmable money which is, and it gives you like all these different options and how you can design it. So, uh, I look at guard as a form of design of money. It's like a design of money, right? Like, okay, it's going to have a fixed supply of 50 million tokens. Um, we're going to pair it with a stable coin to, to provide stability and, 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 the vol in the volatility of the market. Um, effectively it's deflationary because a lot of people, it's just like Bitcoin. People will forget about it and it'll get lost and that ends up decreasing the supply, you know, and there's a lot of options. Like you can farm it, you can stake it to, for more BUSD, you can borrow against it. Yeah. If, if, if you wanted to dive into all the things that make guard guard, you're going to have a fun little journey and I am, and you totally should like do, do that before you buy and invest in guard, figure out why it will be your macro belief, because, you know, we've, we've watched it grow a substantial amount in this last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's barely a year old, yeah, <laughs> like just over a year old, but they continue to put the the things in place behind it to just make it more stable support the price like there's there's so much that we could go into but it's been cool to watch it grow well and and guard is is still and is still a developing asset and will will continue to develop but but the thing that i um and i put this down as one of my notes here about guard specifically is and this is not just supposed so much specific to guard, but I'm very impressed by just the overall ecosystem created and how that's been designed. So looking at the team, and when I say team, I don't just talk about Nick. I mean Dot Kev, Dicka, Broven, like all those guys, they're they're all rock stars. And especially mm-hmm. when observing how they were revamping the wolf den, how they responded to, you know, this big crypto winter that we we've been having. Yep you know, a lot of teams would kind of withdraw 
from when, when things like that happen and they might either just exit altogether and say, this is just not worth it. Or, or they'll try to overhype the community, just try to keep them interested. And the wolf den like did the complete opposite to that instead of withdrawing, they actually seem to hit the gas a little bit harder and yeah, build they, doubled more. Down for sure. they doubled down on building and they didn't hype people up. They provided support in, in ways that they could find to create a healthy community. And I think, I don't think they could have done a better job at you know, how they responded. So seeing anytime you see, like I judge the strength of the team based on how they respond to adversity. It yeah. was, it was really good to see adversity so I can test that. And that really helped yeah. test my belief because the thing about guard is that it's easy to, to show up when times are good, but yeah. when you can show up, if you're still showing up when times are bad, you truly have a belief in it. And we're still here. We still show up. We're doing this capstone. We're still, you know, you know what I mean? Like that for me was confirmation that, Hey, there's actually belief in this. This is not just something I'm believing in because there was some hype, you know, yeah. or, or you know what I mean? Like you get caught up in the euphoria of it all. It's like, I'm here for better or worst, you know, yeah. this, there's a marriage here. So that to me was like a big indicator of guard specifically in the crypto space. Like if I want to accumulate more of anything, it's going to be guard, yeah. you know, more than Bitcoin or Ethereum or any of the other stuff. It's always going to be guard because there's true conviction there. Cause I've seen it and I've seen the, the evidence has shown itself because of the winter that we've been going through has still shown oh, up. We, we can't give those guys enough credit because like it's been, um, it was huge. Like the whole market just took a shit <laughs> yeah. and like everybody was scrambling and, and it, and they supplied that support system. Like, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, like you said, an overhyped thing to like bring everybody back into euphoria. It was like, get everybody grounded and, mm -hmm. and then just continue the education. So we're more prepared for the next phase, whatever that right. may be. Yeah. For sure. The other thing for me, for as far as a macro belief goes, and this goes for more of like the de-risking, like as I choose to de-risk and, and, and this, this particular belief is still, I'm still kind of wrestling around with it, but I basically just put like the S and P 500 and blue chip companies out there that I, you know, portfolio of blue chip companies that I know are going to be around for the long term. They've already shown that they've already proven themselves through mass adoption, they're, you know, they are what they are. Um, and, you know, you're going to get whatever 10% average, maybe a little bit more, you know, in, in terms over of time. return over time, obviously. Over, yeah, exactly. <laughs> over time, you know, we're not looking at this 90 day chunks or even one year chunks. Like I look at like, I'm going to judge guard or whatever investments I have, excuse me, based on anything that I truly have a belief in over like three to five years. And, um, you really have to give it time and that's so hard to do, you know, and I yeah. see people struggle with that too. It's like, if, if the, if the market goes down within a 30 day time frame, people freak out and they think it's just the end of the world. It's like, it's, that's not a long enough time frame to really make that kind of a call, especially when fundamentals are improving. It's like, yeah. it's just the environment that we're in. Yeah. What yeah. can you do? So, so yeah, any kind of blue chip companies, long, long-term track record. <laughs> um, frankly, like I'm a big investor on team, just people. Like I like to invest in people because I, I believe that an idea is always good as the people that's executing it. You can have the best ideas in the world, but if you don't have good execution and people behind it, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to go anywhere. So I look at, I look for people. I, I invest more into people and 
that's a big, you know, starting with myself as my macro belief and totally. a big thing drives guard is because of the people and same thing with any companies. It's like, who are the people behind, behind it? All right. Solvable problem. Unless you have anything else you want to touch on with macro belief. No, we can roll right into solve. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. It's funny that we've kind of like left it till the end when, when really, you know, as you come into the wolf den, that's kind of the, the first step that they suggest you figure out is your solvable problem. <laughs> but it's all that stuff that we've just talked about that, that informs your solvable problem and gets it clear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I actually found that like reading bumpers first before thinking about your solvable problem is a better, I mean, for, for me, I found it to be a more efficient or effective process because it just gave me clarity. clarity you really, you really, you really need some good clarity when you're going into your solvable problem. And, and awareness of what you actually do want um, yeah. to be honest with yourself. Like you can say, you know, my solvable problem is I want 10 grand a month. It'll take care of all, it'll take care of all this in my personal life and allow me to do this. And, but but being honest with yourself and like, you know, do I want to spend more time with my kids yeah. <laughs> or do I want it, or do I want a job that like gives me creativity and, and gets me out in the world. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, there's some things that, uh, that I noticed you can tell yourself that you want. And, and unless you dive like in and be honest with yourself, you know, they, ch- they change that solvable problem. Mm, yeah, it does. It's I, I've I've revisited my solvable problem several. It's just like my uh, yep. my perfect day. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. something I've revisited. <laughs> but but right now, especially as as the sobering experience of the crypto winter has kind of hit us, like that's really helped kind of bring more things in perspective with the solvable oh, sure. problem. Like when it comes to when it comes to mine, like I basically broke it down into three priorities. It was really hard for me to kind of bundle it all into one because I essentially have three main problems that I'm trying to solve for. Mm-hmm. And, and it made the most sense for me. I feel the best about my solvable problem now than I ever have. And there's essentially three different time periods. And I actually have three different portfolios for each one. The first one is a three-year time period. The second one has a 10-year time frame. And the third one's a 27-year time frame. So the first one I kind of call like my peace of mind. <laughs> it's I do have some bad debt, you know, that I'm trying to, you know, take care of. Getting my reserves where I want. There's uh, some vehicles that we need to upgrade and in the in the next three years. Like we don't need to upgrade yeah. it now, but I know like in the next three years, this is coming as well as like a few things that we want to do for the home. And then also I want to set up like a seven-year travel fund that or it's well, I put a seven-year travel fund because then I've got priority to which is my 10 years. So when that gets paid off, that'll also help fuel kind of our travel fund. Essentially, the priority one's a $300,000 solvable problem. I think I've got, as far as the rate of return, it's like 64% is what I need to hit based on how the math works out. Priority two is paying off my house, creating a kid's fund. That's 700,000 for that. That's a 10 year time frame. And again, that's based on, it's about same about 64%. And then number three is retirement. That's 4.8 million. And that's a 27 year. So again, like I said earlier, it's like, I'm not in any rush to retire. I'm totally like, I want to, when I retire, it's because there's like physical inability or mental inability to continue working. I probably, I have to age 65. 
you know, I might work, I might be like a Dr. Jeff and be in my seventies and still out there getting it. So, um, but if I can at least know, like a lot of this is designed around keeping time and randomness on my side. So it's like with the house, like a lot of people are like, why would you pay your house off early? Because you can beat that rate very easily with other investments. It's like, well, that's true. But for me, I look, and this is something I learned from Callie from the Wolfton. She's got the Luna Den going. Yeah. And, and, and this really helped click, helped made things click for me when it comes to solvable problem. And what she said was, you need to have an emotional connection yeah, with that the was, things. That was, that was a huge one. Um, uh, when Callie put that one out and, and it's totally true. You got to have that emotional connection to your solvable problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it's like, for the emotional connection I have to pay my house off is in a lot of this stuff, actually, this kind of all ties down to the concept of just reliability when it comes to the decision. Cause you always hear these debates, like you should never buy a house. You should rent because blah, I don't know. Everybody has all these arguments. Yeah. You should always <laughs> buy a house or not rent. I kind of look at it as this is just my cost of shelter, right? Yeah. Like this is my cost of shelter. And if I own a house, then over time, my cost of shelter is actually going down because when I pay the house off, the only thing I have to pay for at this time is taxes and insurance. I don't have yep. to pay anything else, you know, some maintenance, obviously, but it's definitely a whole lot cheaper. Like um, my wife, her, her grandma, like she never bought a house. She always rented and she's well, she's like in a tough position because her rent keeps going up and up and up and up and she has no control over that. And it's gotten to a point where she's paying so much in rent right now that uh, if she would have, if she would have just bought a house when she was younger and just amortized that over 30 years, her cost of shelter would be, you know, three, 400 bucks a month. It'd just be the taxes and insurance and maybe a little bit, but now she's paying almost $2,000 a month just to be able to, keep because where she lives is just really expensive and it's like wow that really that's unfortunate like you got to think about things like that in the long term so that's how i see it so it's like the sooner i can pay my house off the sooner i can lock in that reliable cost of shelter and keeping it as low as i possibly can yeah so there's that uh anxiety equals uncertainty times powerlessness (laughs) you know yeah And and if you can and if you can you know lock in your shelter expense in life mm-hmm. <laughs> like how that's huge yeah if you don't got to worry about that and and the uncertainty of like interest rates going up or you know your rent going up gives you power right like mm-hmm. so yeah reducing the anxiety in my house is a huge one i live with i live with four girls like three daughters and a wife <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's <laughs> anxiety is uh, huge in my house i'm sure <laughs> so the last one, I'll say one more thing and then I'll pass it over to you, Dwayne, for you to kind of talk about your solvable problem in priority three, the uh, 4.8 million. Uh, we were on a recent, it was like kind of our work session or like our uh, workshops that they were doing every Wednesday night. And they were talking about base case and something that Nick said that really clicked for me, which is perfect timing because I was going back to revisit my solvable problem was that people have this tendency to say, okay, I need $10,000 a month. And we, I remember doing this. I think you did it a little bit too. Like when, 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 when we first got into crypto and we were yield farming and I'd be like, wow, this is, you look at this yield farm and it was, it might be spitting out 200% APR. Right. And in your mind, you're like, okay, well, if I put, 
$5,000 in this or 10,000, whatever, that's going to create $2,000 a month this in amount income. Of income per month, <laughs> right? This amount of money per month. And, and then you're like, well, best case scenario it might come down to like 60%, which is just some arbitrary APR. You know, like yeah. surely it'll, you know, hold there, but it's like, all that is so fragile. You want it to be set it up where there's no yield. Like imagine like if you didn't get any yield and it's just the principal. So that's how I looked at with retirement. And I actually had, if I can, if I have enough of a fund that will kick me out $120,000 a, a year for the next 40 years from the time I'm 65. I mean, if I live to 105 <laughs> and this is 0%, right? So that's how I yeah. got, that's how I got the 4.8 million and, 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 you know, the $120,000 a month, I actually went, that's not a random number either. I'm sorry, 120,000 a month, 120,000 a year, which is 10 grand a month. That's not a random number either. I actually factored in inflation. I factored in my cost of shelter. I factored in insurance, healthcare, like all that stuff into it. And, um, and, and I kind of came to a, a number that was, I just kind of, I always like to round up a little bit because I want to make sure there's some, some capital buffer there. So yeah. that's kind of the, that's like, all right, $120,000 a year. That's easy for me to remember, easy for me to kind of put a target on. And, um, but that's was no yield. So if you do get yield, which you will, I mean, but you know, let's just assume that you don't in the solvable problem that just provides more, um, more money that you can compound that could then like, cause I look at the other things like the fancy luxuries and stuff, having a lake house, like that's not really my solvable problem. I mean, it's like, I don't see that as, yeah, I'd love to have that, but I would much rather lock in reliability and certainty in my life than luxuries. That's just, yeah. that's just me though. Like we all have our different things. Like that's just what's important to me in a nutshell, that's basically how I got to my solvable problem, breaking it up in three priorities, having three different funds for each one. And as one pays off, then we just roll it up into the next fund. And that's yep. how I'm going to manage it moving forward. So that's it. What about you? Well, I won't go into so much detail, but it's, it's somewhere similar. Like, you know, that, um, the big run up of guard, it, it solved some problems, mm -hmm. but of course, well, I don't, we didn't, I didn't sell. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't solve any didn't problems. And now, <laughs> and now we're sitting where we are and, and nothing got solved in that big run up, mm -hmm. which, you know, that brought me some clarity. And it was like, not, not that, you know, it's not that selling guard is the way I'm going to solve all my problems either, but, but there was a chance to collapse some time um, that, that I missed or that we passed up. Yeah whether that's right or wrong or whatever. But, um, so my solvable problems, like the immediate future one is, is kind of important. Like, because I don't have like, uh, Nick's talked about that triangle where, where enough is on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And so I'm still, my solvable problem is to get to that enough point, you know, like yeah. to get, to get that solid foundation built. Um, and until that's, until that's done, the future solvable problems kind of don't need, don't even come into play, you know, like yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. feel like, I feel like I can't even, I, I am working on them. Like you said, I got, I got a few different portfolios working at once, but it's my main solvable problem is that immediate kind of future one, just to make sure that that's solid and that's set up. And, and then away we go from there. Yeah. And, and, and I'm very close. Like it, it's, it's pretty cool to, 
to even be thinking about all these solvable problems, like using the certainty app and, and using all these resources that we have. I went through, I'm 45 years old, right? <laughs> like, yeah. and I, and I, the, my whole life, there's never been that, that solvable problem goal. Like, yeah, I had the idea of like, I'm an electrician. So, oh yeah, you work 40 years, you retire and then move on. Like mm-hmm. that was my solvable problem. Like so vague <laughs> that yeah. it didn't like inform any decisions whatsoever. And so, so yeah, now that, now that I've made that a priority and have that on top of mind all the time, I can't, I can't say enough about it, man. Like it's, it's huge. I feel like when I, when you're talking about enough, it's the same, it's the same thing for me, especially when I look at like the short term, which for me, I, I, I used a three year time frame. I would like to do that quicker than three years, obviously, but it's trying to be conservative in in how I do my analysis to not. Well, yeah. And there's, and there's always those things like you put the barbell in place, right? Like yeah. you have your, your stable I'll get there in three years. And then you have, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you have maybe something on the side that's like, well, if this goes out or if this happens, then that's going to collapse time. Right. Yeah. Like, and we're, and that's the thing. We're always putting ourselves in a position of the reliable will get us there and this will collapse time. Yeah. At least that's how I feel. Right. Like I think having it's like base case versus the best case, you know, yeah. making sure you lock in your base case and understanding that as long as I got that locked in, then there's other things I can do to help collapse the time, but we got to keep that locked in and keep that moving. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good wrap up point for, yeah. for solvable problem. And, you know, cause we're, I'm like looking at the time. This I, is our first I, know, recording. I was just looking at the clock too. I'm like, we can talk about Wolfden base case solvable problem. Like we can talk about this all day and we have yeah. before, right? Like, so yeah. no, this, this has been awesome. And yeah, I think we we'll let's wrap it up and put a little fancy bow on it. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you have any final thoughts? I've got one little thing to share just as far as like how, uh, just about the capstone project, but do you want me to share that or do you have some final thoughts you yeah, want to share? No, I, I, th- I think you should. Cause I know where you're going with it. So yeah, I think you should roll into that. Okay. Yeah. And we'll keep this short. Cause I know I'm looking at, I'm looking at the timer and we're just right at an hour now. So I don't want this to be like a Joe Rogan podcast on the capstone. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we might have lost people already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so this is the thing going through this capstone, even if you're a wolf pup or somewhere you're not at that point where you're ready to become guardian, I do recommend to, to go through this exercise because, um, and I wish I would have gone through it earlier because the thing about it was, was that when I actually put things in place, it was, it was literally just this big giant look in the mirror of, yeah. of myself. And Dwayne remembers like, I, I, like after I worked on, it, I called him up. I was like, dude, I'm fucking up, man. Like <laughs> I need to, I need to fix some things here. I'm screwing up here. Uh, in some ways. And I just took a look in the mirror and there were some things I liked that I saw, but there was definitely some things that I wasn't too happy with and started making some immediate changes. And it's been really healthy since I've started working on this capstone. So that was yeah, a big whole, takeaway. This whole, for me. Week I've, this whole week I've seen you adjusting and it's, it's been cool to watch that because like last, I think it was last weekend that you kind of went through that capstone and then it was, you know, Sunday or something. You're like, Oh yeah, there's some things like the, the, time audit that you did mm, yeah. was, it was yeah. a huge look. Eh? That was a big one. That was a big one. I was like, yeah, probably spent a little bit too much time in discord <laughs> and <in> Twitter <laughs> yeah. and just doing meaning, meaningless work. And, um, you know, we're, we're really trying to be more productive here, be useful and, yes. and, um, and, and get closer to our solvable problem. And it was, it was really nice to, to go through that. So all that stuff's really like in laser focus now. 
And um, I'm happy to go through it. And like I said, just because you're not in that transition in the guardian, still go through it. Even if you just join the wolf den, like go through, get the education and, and go through and, and really give it the time it deserves because it's worth it. You've been listening to Wolfish on Web3. We hope you enjoyed the show. For real-time updates and news on crypto, NFTs, and mission-driven projects making waves in the Web3 space, follow us on Twitter at Wolfish on Web3. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. And always remember to stay wolfish. <laughs>